Welcome, everybody, to a mini episode of Sharpen That Axe, a podcast dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player. Uh, my name is Dylan Murphy. With me, as always, is my co-host, John Gillen. John, how are you? Hello. I'm Very fine. Good. There you go. That's, I didn't answer good. your That's... question, but yes, it's good. It's grand. A, a charming introduction, there you go. nonetheless. <laughs> um, sweet. So this is part of our, uh, I, I suppose this will be our our final episode on the world of picking techniques i mean maybe we'll talk about economy or inside outside picking down the line uh, but i think in terms of hitting sweeping this is one that we've really been talking about touching on for a while and mm. yeah it's um it's an intimidating subject i think in terms of uh as a technique i think it's probably one of the most difficult to to get or to to master um it's it's definitely one of the most impressive ones for me as a player like if somebody can do it it's kind of like being able to lift the most weight in the gym or being you know it's, <laughs> yeah. it's no it really but it's really is up there and i suppose uh, <laughs> this episode uh will be me asking you questions about you know because you have a lot more experience with the type of music or genres plural we'll get to that of music that it appears in so i suppose for me my introduction to sweeping was maybe bands like avenge sevenfold um a little bit of like you know when slipknot started soloing again on the third album uh you know stuff like that kind of like those kind of modern metal bands but it's it's a technique that's been uh well modern when i was (laughs) i was younger um (laughs) one of those uh, techniques that really is a a lot older than i think people think it know it is uh, people think it is and uh yeah so john sweeping when you think when you hear the the term sweep technique are there any players or songs or uh, solos that stand out to you Well, I think this is interesting. If you pull up that first lick there, the sweeping one lick, um, just go ahead and play that because I think that's what most people think of initially when they hear this. So yeah, just give that a listen real quick. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, right. So it's it's this blur of notes. When you see it done, like you said, it's this kind of it's almost wizardry. Like how how does this happen? This is insane. Yeah. Um, and not to say that it doesn't take practice, and not to say that it's easier necessarily than it looks. But I do think there's a lot of things on guitar to particularly to non-guitar players that um, look harder than they actually are when you sit down and break them down. And that's a big part of what we do here, right? Like it's, yes. it's taking the things that look like a mystery and trying to really break it down to its components so it makes it easier to digest. And the sweeping, like you said, I think is one of those things that as an intermediate guitar player, you know, you've learned some scales, you've learned a little bit about soloing, you kind of know your fretboard, but it's a technique that may seem a little foreign and it's a little hard to wrap your head around because it is, it tends to be very fast. And, and, and when you mentioned like, who are some of the people that I think of when I think of sweeping technique? So that clip right there, that's um, it was honestly just one I pulled off of YouTube because it has that super generic, like sweep sound to it. But when I think about sweeps, I mean, I was really introduced to that first through the playing of guys like Steve Vai, Jason Becker. Um, Obviously Becker does it a lot. Um, 
And so, and then kind of uh, that, that instrumental shred thing, Paul Gilbert's another good example, even though he's really known for his alternate picking, he's an excellent sweeper as well. His technique's amazing, obviously. So yeah. that's, those were really some of the guys that kind of introduced me to it. And then obviously there's, there's a whole host of people from there, John Petrucci, et cetera. So that's kind of, that was my introduction to it. As you said, though, it really, it really is a whole lot older than what we think of. Every, everybody I just listed basically got their start in the 80s. So, yeah. and that's kind of where we think of that as an electric guitar player. But even on electric guitar, we can trace it back to jazz. And it's, there's a, a fantastic video of Barney Kessel and a host of other guys uh, playing. And you can see everything that they're, they're doing. Barney Kessel actually does this a lot. And really, all sweet picking is, is breaking down usually a chord shape um, or an arpeggio shape. And what you, you sort of play each note individually as you go through it while releasing the previous note you played. So I'll talk through it since this is a, <laughs> this is, this particular episode is not a visual episode, though maybe it should yeah. be at some point. Yeah. But um, let's say you're playing uh, an A major chord. The way that you could think about playing this particular A major chord would be put your pinky on the 12th fret, fifth string. Mm-hmm. And then the next note is going to be on the fourth string, 11th fret. And then you have the ninth fret, and that's going to be your first finger on the third string. And then the 10th fret, that's the A is going to be playing your, your second finger is going to play that on the second yeah. string. And then finally, that ninth fret on the first string. So that's what we would normally call a C shape. Yes. If you're thinking in terms of the cage system. And then, but instead of strumming it all at once and keeping your fingers down, you pick each string individually. And then as I release that note on the 12th fret, fifth string, uh, or I pick that, I take my finger off just enough to stop the string from ringing. You don't, it's not a pull off. You don't want it to come off open. And then you kind of go sequentially from there. So that's, that's essentially the best way to kind of start thinking about it. It is effectively a strum. It's just kind of a really slow strum. And because it's these arpeggio shapes or these broken chords, which is really, I mean, it's this arpeggio is the same idea, right? But yeah, that's where you'll find a lot of these jazz guys playing these uh, in the 50s and 60s. And okay. it's wow. just, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, like I said, Barney Kessel uh, does this a lot and had been doing it a lot for a long time. And when you can trace that back even further, you'll notice that it's uh, you have guys like Django who are doing similar ideas. I mean, obviously he's kind of, he's sweeping smaller patterns typically on things like three strings instead of five or six, because it's a little easier to use two fingers to sweep those patterns. Um, And again, all the sweep is, is just that broken chord. So it looks really mysterious and it looks pretty crazy, but there's some really easy ways to get into it. And we'll have this up on the, uh, the Patreon page too, where we'll have just a few simple sweeping exercises to get you started and check out some of the social media stuff too. We'll be sharing some things and I'll be talking a little bit about that in the near future anyway. And 
hopefully by the time this comes out, it'll all be up and out there for you to find on our Facebook page and Instagram and everything else. So, mm-hmm. um, at any rate, yeah, that's, that's kind of the, cool. the brief introduction. And I think you could even trace it back to there are classical techniques that do the yes. same thing uh, where you're kind of using maybe your thumb to stroke, but you, the intention is not necessarily to let everything ring. Uh, you'll have these staccato arpeggio patterns. And even in terms of like a Roschiato, that's kind of the same idea sometimes. Sometimes it's the same idea. It's not exactly the same thing. Let me be perfectly clear about that. But anyway, <laughs> so there's my, there's my overly long, long-winded introduction to uh, sweet picking and that hopefully answered your, your first question. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's, that's really great, really concise um, and broken down in a really, I suppose, uh, digestible way. So thank you for demystifying the, uh, uh, the technique itself. Do you think, I, I don't know, I find with myself, I've never really sat down because if you go on YouTube, you see there are these guys doing 30 days practicing sweet picking and watching my speed grow. And like, it's, it's a big thing. It's almost like, yeah. you know, it's, it's like a, someone doing, you know, cataloging their pushups. Like it's a real, it's like a physical thing. It's, it's something mm-hmm. that's you know, the physical technique. I personally, I have never really found much of a use to kind of sit down and maybe it's because in order to get to <laughs> the dragon force levels of speed, right. uh, you're, I think it just requires so, you know, it's, it's cool. It's flashy. It's very, I don't know how musical it is. I, I think mm. in terms of the speed that it's used at, you know, in modern metal or in, in the places where it would most often you know, crop up. It's, it's, it's cool. It's, I suppose with, with metal, metal's a genre about speed and precision. And Mm -hmm. I think it really does belong in that kind of genre. But apart from being like a really flashy thing to throw in and show off a la, you know, Sinister Gates and these, you know, real like virtuosos. I don't virtuoso is the word. I don't know. It's for me, the practicality of it isn't worth the time sitting down but I'm more of a, a blues folk kind of classic rock guy. So maybe it's just not, not worth the time. I don't know. What, what are your opinions on it? Do you think that it's a bit overrated, underrated, underlooked, overutilized? Are you, are you, in terms of like music as a whole or the music that you've been exposed to, like is there demand for younger players that you're teaching to want to learn this technique? This is that, that last question. I'll start there. That's a really interesting one because it's, it hasn't been for a really long time. And it's probably in the last three, maybe five years that I've been getting a lot more questions about it. People have been asking about it. It's a technique that I worked on pretty early on because of the, the players that I listened to. And, you know, you would come across these, these videos and things of, of how to work on this stuff. So mm. And uh, I, I remember the first like patterns and connecting these things that I had a teacher work with me on because I asked about that. And it does tend to have that shred mentality. Now, one of the, th- like I said, it's it, in jazz solos, you will come across it. And uh, the, the, you can look this up to the concert I was thinking of with Barney Kessel. It's Barney Kessel, Charlie Bird, and Herb Ellis. And you'll see both uh, Barney Kessel, well, all, all three of them kind of actually use this technique a little bit. And it's kind of like the popularity of it right now would be comparable 
and I can only assume assume this just based on what I've heard from other other players. But when people started thinking consciously about alternate picking, and it's this big explosion in this reality of like, oh my gosh! Um, but people have been doing it for decades and decades, and but it's just recently that students are seeing more of it, and they're they're seeing certain players now more like Tim Henson from Polyphia and, and those sorts of yes. things using these techniques and they're, there's now super interested. It's uh, but is there to your question, the other one, is there a place for it? I think so. And I think that's, that's part of the reason I bring up these jazz guys. It's worth going back and seeing how they use it, seeing how they use it to build phrases. And I think the reason I wanted you to play that first example is because it's kind of monotonous. It's fast. It's super yeah. impressive in terms of speed, but I mean, you kind of lose interest by the second time it comes around. Like you're okay. You did that already. So with that in mind, I want you to go ahead and pull up the second clip. And yeah, it is, it's a guitar solo. It's kind of progressive-y, but go ahead and play it and I'll talk a little bit about it. One second now. Wow. Okay. Okay. This is, so when I'm talking to my students, I try to make a point that this is a technique to use to add emphasis to what you're playing. Mm. Um, I think it's absolutely impressive if you can play these sweeps at 240 beats a minute up and down the fretboard, but ultimately do you just want to bench as much as you can or, <laughs> you know, is, is this just the, Hey, look, I can bench, 400 pounds. Cool. Good for you. What do you use it for? You know, that sort of thing. So it's the difference <laughs> yeah. between like, yeah, maybe that's what you want. If that's, if that's all you're doing, or if you're a competitive weightlifter, cool. Similarly here, if that's just what you're yeah. going for, that's what you're going for. <laughs> Credit to you, you know? Yeah. But for most of us, you know, there needs to be some functionality in what we're doing in the gym just so we stay mobile and, and et cetera. So like my goal similarly in the gym is not going to be to bench 400 pounds. I'm going to just want to do what it is I need to do and push myself. Similarly yeah. here with sweet picking, it's like, this is actually John Petrucci. So one of those guys who would be super well known for, and it starts with his super fast alternate picking. Yes. And then, but if you listen to it, he takes a breath. He pauses after that. Mm. He plays that really fast run. There's a pause. And then he goes through the sweeps and then he, he pauses again, hits a high note, and then he goes straight back into the melody that he was building before this section. So this is the best of time solo. It's yeah. a really long solo. <laughs> I, think it's, it, it's, I think this, go ahead. It's, it's very musical, I think, just in terms yes. of, you know, it's, it's very, uh, you know, you can, you know, I, I always, you know, growing up playing guitar, I would always describe sweepy picking as, you know, it's like this ridiculous sound. But mm -hmm. in the, I suppose it really, this is a really, I'm really glad that you included this example because it's really like, 
against with everything else you know with everything else that he's doing it really does it's like a little bit of seasoning that he's putting on top that too much would be overpowering yes. but absolutely uh, yeah, and i think cool. that's a great way to think about it so the, the thing is is when we think about sweeping we have a tendency to to practice the speed practice the shapes practice transitioning to the shapes and that's yeah. what comes through into playing instead of using it as a technique to build your melodic lines and make them more interesting. Because if all you're doing is playing straight eighth notes, da, 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 it's like, okay, fine. It, it might sound okay, and it might even be pretty good. But it's that burst of speed that catches the listener and it makes them sit up and go, oh, hey, that's cool. And just that burst of speed or that change of rhythm, whether it's sweeping or it's you know, a, a fast alternate picking run, or even a whole bunch of hammer-ons and pull-offs. All of that stuff adds to your playing. So sweeping is a technique, I think, that should accentuate what you already do, regardless of the genre. And I think you can even find examples of it in Brad Paisley's playing. Of all the people that you would think of, you probably wouldn't think of Brad Paisley. But um, off the top of my head, I don't know that I could name a song, but I feel like that's a thing that I've heard before as well. So yeah, and John Five as well. Like I, of the players that I would listen to the most, um, John Five would be the guy that sweeps because it's like it's something that I throw in a bunch of times a song, but it's not like it's not like a main part of the song. It's not like one of the main hooks. It's just like okay, I'm going to show off here for thirty seconds. Let me put yeah. this in. But and he's always doing it on Instagram. It's always like one of the things that he just always throws in because he, he clearly likes doing it. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I, and it's a fun thing to be able to do, to kind of build it up. And to be honest, it's one of the things that once I'm feeling kind of warmed up, after just kind of doing some basic stuff to warm up, I'll usually just throw in some three or four string sweeps mm. just because it feels fun. <laughs> <laughs> and sweep picking. Now, the other thing about it from a technique perspective, most people think about it as a right hand deal. I mean, it's called sweep picking. The fact of the matter is really what we need to think about is your left hand speed first yeah. because you need to be able to move those strings. Like take that early example of that A chord and if you just think about the, the top three strings, the G, B, and E string, you're looking at the ninth fret, the 10th fret, and the ninth fret. Can you get that first finger to hit by itself? It's not a bar there. You're not trying to bar it. You're hitting the ninth fret, then the 10th fret, and then the ninth fret. Can you get your finger to go, your fingers to just alternate back and forth smoothly without creating a whole bunch of extra noise? And if you can do that, usually where I start my students is start by practicing the left hand shape by tapping each finger down and releasing it without making any noise. And so if you have a particular arpeggio pattern um, and something that just kind of fits really well under your fingers on those three strings. The other one that works really well is like the E minor on those upper three strings, so the ninth yes. fret on the G, the eighth fret on the B string, and then the seventh fret. And just walking through each one of those. Can you hit the string and then come back without making the other strings ring out, without pulling off on a string, those sorts of things, yeah, uh, and, and creating that extra noise. It is. Yeah, it's, yeah. It is. It's one of the things every time I've sat down and tried to do it, it was never my right hand that was the problem. It was always making sure that my left hand was, I, I, I suppose, 
doing what I doing what I wanted it to do. It's it's just in terms of those fundamentals. But that's what what it, where it is, right? It's all it's it's this is the quintessential slow down metronome. Like we say this for everything. But it, <laughs> it's it, true. But we we mean a double for this because it's there's nothing I don't know. I've seen it done sloppily, and it's just a it can, it's not something yeah. you can it's not something you can really fake your way through. And no, <laughs> no. Uh, very unless, there's, uh, unless there's so much gain that you can't really tell what's being played anyway. So, <laughs> which I've seen that. I told a few you times my secret. Too. Yeah, well, I've I've done it too a few times. Um, oh, we've all done it. <laughs> but the uh, you're right. If you think about the right hand, uh, the right hand is just basically strumming. And think about how fast you can strum. Mm. And dial that back 50%. Like, that's about how fast you're, you will need to be able to sweet pick. It's a yeah. pretty slow deal. And then the next step there is making sure everything syncs up. So the thing that I frequently see yeah. is that the pick gets ahead of the fingers, and then you still end up with those muted notes, or you have notes that bleed over into each other. One of the things that's really important in clean sweet picking is making sure that each note has its a distinct individual sound. Otherwise, it just it sounds kind of like you're strumming it, or it just sounds like a blob and a mess, and you're inconsistent with what how your notes are playing. Either you have some that are uh, overlapping, and you have some that are shortened, and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, it's that's that's one of the things I feel before wrapping up. We should mention as well that synchronization is, you know, with say with like hammer-ons and pull-offs and stuff like that you know you can pick a no with one hand and just let the other hand do the work this is very much this is kind of like uh alternate picking 2.0 in terms of being able to it's, it's the control required is uh insane <laughs> and i think that's yeah. one of the things i think the, that's one of the things it's like we were talking about using a thumb pick before it's something that i sat down and tried for like a week to get the fundamentals down and i just didn't have the patience and that's okay because yeah. I, I yeah um yeah i'm glad we went a, a whole episode without uh making a broom or sweeping brush pun <laughs> oh you just did oh, dun, dun, i didn't no i'm just calling attention to it there's a difference um, yeah. <laughs> i would say just on that note um because if if someone if someone's kind of in a similar boat to yourself and they go, okay, it's super cool, but I can't figure it out. I don't know where to go with it. Start with a simple three string pattern like those two that I mentioned um, and use that in the context of what you already play. So use that A major or an uh, E minor or something like that. And a really good example of this from a classic rock standpoint, it's usually referred to as a rake. And it's a one directional sweep is essentially what it is. It's the same idea. It's the same thing. The comfortably numb solo is a perfect, perfect example of this where David Gilmore starts three times on a D major arpeggio. Do that and see, see where you get with it. You know, you just start with one direction, whether that's down or up. And usually what's funny is I've noticed sometimes people have a preference. I usually prefer that, uh, downward stroke starting on that other people prefer starting on that upward stroke and you'll notice that too when you start learning other players sweep patterns is some people really just have a preference for starting up and coming back down um, and I've noticed that with students too so whatever you're comfortable with it doesn't always have to be that downstroke or it doesn't always have to be that upstroke 
kind of play with it a little bit and realize like these arpeggio patterns fit in any genre of music and it gives a quick and it gives you something interesting again that uh comfortably numb is a perfect example of of how to use a really just really brief arpeggio pattern right there and it picks up your ears a little bit and goes, oh, hey, we're into this now. This is interesting, where are we going? Uh, Oh, we did it again. Okay, now you're catching on and you can see it a little bit more. Uh, But just for anyone that's sort of been intimidated by it, start with a simple pattern, start with three strings and incorporate that into your playing. And I think you'll be surprised at where you can go with it. Yeah, um, great, I think that's it as well. I mean, give it a try, Uh, that's, I mean, we're. I, absolutely there's so many resources out there i really i think that comfortably numb solo is a like it's a great solo to learn by itself it's it's almost it's pretty much like when i think of perfect solos like it's definitely up there it's like hotel yeah. california level of just like a, a a really beautiful piece of music that really holds up years decades later and um, mm. also burnt a uh, friend of the show burnt Botega has a course on sweet picking um and a few videos with exercises i recently became recently became a patron and i'm really enjoying all the stuff that he has there as well so um yeah give him a look if you're looking for some no idea where to start his place his stuff is always a good place to start everything um cool that's that's sweeping uh yeah yay. yay friends if there's any other picking techniques or anything that you would like to learn we've been we've gone through alternate picking hybrid picking and uh, we've got, I, I, th- I think those are the main ones that we've really covered but if there's anything we've left out anything you'd like us to do an episode on please reach out you can find us on patreon you can find us uh on instagram and facebook and you can reach out to us at sharpen at gmail.com uh, until next time, we'll do a mini episode. I'm I'm digging these mini episodes where we go through little uh, little techniques by themselves, John. I think we should do a few more of them in future. Yeah, um, yeah. We did it at the start. I remember we did like a bending episode and a vibrato mm-hmm. episode. But it might be nice to revisit those topics uh, now that we're a little older and a little wiser. Um, <laughs> a little more gray older, hair. anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> a uh, little less. Uh, a little less buried by a master's program. So exactly. Yeah, yeah. But we thought we said we'd never speak of it. Um, friends, uh, thanks very much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, find us on all the socials and let us know what you think. And if you give us a five star review wherever you review apps, only takes a minute. Uh, it really helps us out a lot so we really appreciate that Uh, John anything to add before I say the catchphrase Uh, no I don't think so catchphrase catchphrase stay sharp everybody see you next time Uh, (laughs) leave that in (laughs) where's the record button why can I not find the record button it's not in the middle oh